Hello there. Welcome to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent, and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Ida Waringa in Nairobi, Kenya, and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we get the latest on the African football calendar from CAF Secretary General Abdel Bar, who says that the Nations Cup will not move to every four years, despite the wishes of the FIFA president Gianni Infantino. Plus, a look at the power of social media. Zimbabwean forward Gabriel Nyoni has joined South African First Division side Cape Umoya United just three days after advertising his services on Twitter. Players should take themselves out there in a good way. Social media is something that is growing. And it's back already. Stuart looks ahead to the new English Premier League season. Well, first, the COVID-19 situation has resulted in delays to the CAF Champions League schedule. The semi-finals were due to be played at the end of this month. It's now mid-next month with the final on the 6th of November. Al-Athli to face Widad Casablanca and Zamalek to take on Raja Casablanca, both ties with an Egyptian against a Moroccan side. And the CAF Confederation Cup mini-tournament that was scheduled for the end of this month in Morocco has now been moved to the 19th to the 25th of next month. The semi-finals see Pyramids of Egypt up against Horoya of Guinea. The other one is All-Moroccan, R.S. Berkan playing Hassania Agadir. And the start of the 2020-2021 Champions League and Confederation Cup has been moved to the end of November with the start of the preliminary round. And also the CAF Women's Champions League details are out this brand new tournament for next year each of the six CAF zones will have qualifiers to get one representative each and the host country will have two teams in the eight team tournament well now to other matters on the African football calendar as it stands the next rounds of qualifiers for the 2021 Africa Cup of Nations will be played in November this update from Abdel Bar he's the Confederation of African Football's Secretary General speaking to Mark Gleeson and Nick Said on the Kasafa podcast then the plan is quite basic. We will finish first the AFCON qualifiers. So ideally, we want to play the match day three and four in November uh, and five and six during the first half of 2021. Once we finish the um, AFCON 2021 qualifiers, then we'll uh, resume the World Cup qualifiers uh, with the group phase and the playoff. Uh, so ideally, we would like to finish uh, the World Cup qualifiers by the end of 2021 or at the latest by March 2022. I know that the, the, the dates for the 2021 AFCON, which of course has been moved to 2022, uh, were put into January and February. And we understand very well the reason why that was uh, because of weather and whatnot. Is it going forward after this tournament, is it still CAF's preference to play the tournament in June, July or in January, February? Actually, we modified our regulations. In, in our regulations, the AFCON has to be played in June, July. So definitely, this is our preference. But as you know, uh, when we did this modification, uh, moving the AFCON from Jan, Feb to June, July, we already awarded uh, editions to Cameroon, Côte d'Ivoire, and Guinea. So at the end, basically, for these three countries, maybe we will have to adapt. So we had to do it 
for uh, Cameroon because it has been requested by the host. As of today, we did not receive similar requests from Côte d'Ivoire, from Guinea. Obviously, we are discussing it with uh, the, the host countries, but definitely now the AFCON uh, will be played in June, July, except on some exceptional cases, maybe the upcoming tournaments. But then definitely, when we will open the bids for the other uh, editions, definitely we will always favor uh, countries that can host uh, the competition during June, July. Uh, FIFA President Gianni Infantino spoke in rebut earlier this year about an African Super League and an Africa Cup of Nations held every four years. But are those realistic uh, options or are they non-starters? Regarding uh, the discussions of, of Rabat, so maybe first one regarding the Afghan every, every four years. Uh, uh, in Rabat already, uh, it has been decided that we will not, as of today, consider this option. Uh, so uh, the AFCON uh, will keep the current AFCON every two years. Regarding the Super League, at the opposite, uh, the EXCO has decided to put in place an ad hoc committee in charge of studying the possibility to uh, modify the format of our inter-clubs competitions to make them maybe more attractive, more competitive. So this is something that we are currently studying. Well, that's Abdel Abar, the CAF Secretary General, speaking to Mark Gleeson and Nick Said on the Kasafa podcast. Uh, so giving some clarity there, the new regulations state that the Nations Cup will be played in June and July after 2025, as Ivory Coast have already been awarded the 2023 hosting and Guinea the 2025 edition. Uh, those ones could be played in January, February. Then it will be June and July. And a very interesting uh, that Abdel Bar saying clearly there that the Nations Cup will not move to once every four years, despite the wishes of the FIFA president. So it will continue every two years, Ida. Well, I feel like that's more a wait and see sort of situation, Steve. And I know we're talking AFCON and World Cup qualifiers, but even before all those conclude... There will be the small matter of the CAF elective general assembly on March 12th, 2021. That will be in Morocco. And Steve, that presents its own set of dynamics as it's not even official yet if current President Ahmad will be gunning for re-election. So African football generally is in a really strange place because on one side, it's still reeling from effects of the pandemic. On the other, it's trying to show, you know, tangibility in terms of um, development of the game. But, Steve, you have to ask yourself, how can all this really happen when one eye is clearly on the power dynamics at the top that some will want to challenge seriously in the next few months? So it has one wondering. Come 2021, will we really have our priorities in the right place? But going back to the qualifiers and dates, well, it's wildly confusing, if you ask me. <laughs> you know, you've mentioned Ivory Coast and Guinea awarded hosting rights for some of the later editions. But look, as we've seen in the past, those rights can be changed almost at the last minute to the tournament. And some would argue that, look, it's for purposes of, you know, early infrastructural planning by the country. But 
on the flip side, we've also seen that to not be the case in uh, previous situations. AFCON, well, it's to be played in June, July from 2025, as you've mentioned. But here's the thing, Steve. CAF had also told us that that was to be the case from the 2019 edition forward. They then changed that back to January, February because of the weather. In short, there's a lot of back and forth. So much so that it even sounds confusing even to the stakeholders involved. And as for the Nations Cup remaining uh, a two-year event, well, Steve, I think also a wait and see because FIFA hasn't exactly been too shy to give their opinion on that. And for purposes of European football, well, a four-year cycle for the Afghan would be ideal. We saw the world governing body as well, you know, setting up the likes of the FIFA Confederation Cup in times they know would clearly and definitely infringe on the Afghan. The Nations Cup, Steve, is the continent's premier event. Shouldn't be used, you know, almost as a pawn in a chess game to be moved around so effortlessly. So it will be on the continental body to run a good ending to the season's um, CAF Champions League and CAF Confederation Cup to at least restore some stability, Steve, and give, you know, a semblance of hope for better times to come for African football. Yeah, thanks, Ida. We'll see how all of this works out. We're now to a fascinating story on the power of social media here on Planet Sport Football Africa, show brought to you by Passion for Sport. Now, Zimbabwean forward Gabriel Nyoni has joined South African First Division side Cape Umoya United just three days after advertising his services on social media. Nyoni was released by South African top flight side Maritzburg United during the lockdown. And last week, he posted a video of match highlights on on Twitter, showing his pace and finishing skills, and the post says, kindly like and retweet, maybe I can get a job. Well, the post has had more than 22,000 views and over a 1,000 retweets, and Yoni told me that the post attracted attention on the continent and beyond. What made me decide to go to social media is uh, mostly me as a marketing degree, and I understand how social media can um, help someone grow and at the same time can even destroy someone. So in this case, I wanted to showcase the world, the talent I have, in the sense that I had left Marisburg United, not because I was not good, but because of other circumstances beyond my control. So the sense which was there was more to market my own brand and to market what I can do. And um had already had interest in me before, but that video that I posted and the amount of audience it reached and the amount of people who appreciated my talent even cemented the the deal between me and um, Kepo Moya. So the idea mainly came from creating my own brand as a player. If you can't create yourself, if you can't take yourself out there, no one else would take you out there. So I had to take myself out there. And from it, uh, especially now, even now when I signed for Kepum, where there are other now clubs which are now coming and say, uh, why didn't, why didn't you wait? Why didn't you sign for us? Why didn't you tell us? And all that. So there were already clubs planning to sign me, then Kepum, where I signed me before every other club. So 
that was the whole idea why I created that. And it was also made me have a lot of contacts in Europe and other parts of Africa. So um, it was more of an awareness of what Gabrion can do and what Gabrion can offer to the world and to those who support him. I have a manager. He's there. He's, he, he, he did a good job. But there are other ways that you yourself as a player, has to, you have to take yourself out there uh, as a brand you yourself as a player, you have to take yourself out there. Uh, how you present yourself to the world, to the people around you, to your family is is really important for your for your own personality and for your own growth. So a manager is as far as he can go. He can go as far as he can, and you have to take it from there going also forward. It will also benefit your manager and it will also benefit you as a player, as a brand, because you remember our careers are short. So after football, it will also benefit you. There are clubs that will take you to be part of it. They are marketing. Or one day maybe I can be Zifa president or also big dreams. So, yeah, players should take themselves out there in a good way. Social media is something that is growing. It's not going back. It is what it is now. That's Zimbabwean forward Gabriel Nyoni. He completed his marketing degree here in Zimbabwe in 2016. And a lot for players to learn here, maybe, Ida, when you look at the response that he had and this idea of branding yourself and marketing yourself as a player. Well, as you've heard there, Steve, Nyoni's marketing background definitely came in handy. (laughs) And yes, sure thing, a lesson for players to learn from and, Steve, clubs as well. Because as Nyoni has said it, there is no going back from this age of social media. So, you know, it's all about embracing what it can do for the player and the game as well. And you look at clubs in the West, for example, I mean, they are simply on another level just because of taking social media seriously. I mean, the products, the content that they put out, even attracting sponsors, Steve, and consequently alternative revenue streams. Uh, you look at Africa and, yeah, the likes of Al-Ali dominate the lists. Uh, Al-Ali, for example, have well over 25 million followers across all platforms. And while that's admirable, the rest of Africa... And Steve, especially sub-Saharan Africa, has a lot of catching up to do. But all in all, as Nyoni has shown us, it doesn't just have to be the likes of Cristiano and the likes of uh, Lionel Messi earning big from social media. Everyone, Steve, can use it to benefit themselves. And if it's your lucky day, as we saw with Nyoni, well, <laughs> it can really take you to the next level of your life and your career. Yes, certainly a lot of benefits to be had if you can use social media wisely. This is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. Still to come, Stuart on the brand new English Premier League season. Can Liverpool successfully defend their title? Will Manchester City be the team to beat this time around? That's coming later. You can follow us on Twitter at Planet Sport FA and you can download our app and listen to the show anytime and access past programs in our archive. To download, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. 
You can also listen to the show on our new look website. That's planetsport.tv. You can read interviews there too with various sports stars, including Sierra Leone's Umaru Bangura and Ghana's Christian Achu. Plus, lots to read in our blog section and pictures and profiles of all of us in the About Us section. That's on our website, planetsport.tv. Now, on social media last week, we asked her, what can we expect from the Gunners this season? We had an Arsenal special on the show as we spoke to Robbie Lyle, the founder and host of the AFTV YouTube channel, formerly known as Arsenal Fan TV. Now, Robbie can be highly critical of the club, but after the recent FA Cup success, he's hopeful that manager Mikel Arteta can guide them to a better year after finishing only eighth last season. So we asked her, what do you think we can expect from Arsenal this season? With your comments, here's Planet Sport Football Africa's Yvonne Mangunda. Thanks, Steve. And uh, on Facebook, Arinai Emi in Uganda says, As an Arsenal fan, it was unbelievable that we could lift the FA Cup and Community Shield. So I hope this will be a motivation for the team and their aim even higher next season. And also on Facebook, Samson SK Barak in Nigeria says, with the signing of some new good players, I'm expecting a top four finish. Yes, and those signings include two Brazilians, the 22-year-old defender Gabriel Magalhães signed from Lille for 30 million US dollars, and a 32-year-old attacking midfielder William signed on a free transfer from Chelsea. And now we turn to WhatsApp and to David in the Gambia, who says we can expect more from them because their way of football is coming back, and this season they might even make it to the Champions League. And Bizwek Njakwa in Malawi agrees. Arsenal is a good team, says Bizwek, and congratulations to them for grabbing the FA Cup. It's an encouragement for Mikela Teta in his first season, and the team can build from that. We should expect a good performance from them this season. Ateta has already made good signings to strengthen his squad. He seems to have a vision of trophies not just for playing flowering football. For me, the Gunners will be amongst the teams challenging for the league title. I still don't expect them to win it, but I do see them giving huge competition to the champions. Abrima Bar in the Gambia is very confident about Arsenal's chances. I think the Gunners are going to be unstoppable this season, says Abrima. And Amikela Teta, everything is possible. He knows what the club wants and is doing it right. They have signed very crucial players this season. The likes of Willian, and it will be a great achievement if Aubameyang extends his contract. I expect Arsenal to win the Europa League this season and finish in the top five in the Premier League. I wish them all the best, says Ebrima. Moma Tabajang, also in the Gambia, is also positive about the influence of Arsenal's coach. Ateta has brought stability and confidence in the team, says Moma. John Abeiku, Andofu in Ghana, is also optimistic for Arsenal's chances, despite not being an Arsenal supporter himself. Well, for me, I expect them to be part of the top four, but not passing my darling club, Manchester United, says John. Looking at the job that Ateta is doing, I think he can succeed if he's given time. And here now is Julanding Jaunay in the Gambia. I'm a Chelsea fan, says Julanding. But to be honest with you, Mikel Ateta is really building something this season at the Emirates. Arsenal are the team to watch this season and expecting something big from them this time around. To Uganda now and Jimmy James Perezi says, 
Arsenal this season will put in a different performance on the pitch. Players need to be consistent, as in the past they've struggled when the team has conceded an early goal. So it'll be interesting to see how they react when that happens. The rest is down to how the team adopts Ateta's tactics, says Jimmy. Ismaila Saidi in The Gambia sums up the thoughts of many this week. I believe Arsenal under Mikel Teta is heading in the right direction, says Ismaila. And come the end of the season, I expect them in the top four and maybe challenging for the title as well. But John Mono in Zambia sees a potential problem for Arsenal this season. They do seem to be a formidable proposition under the tutelage of Arteta, says John. But my one concern is the dependency on Aubameyang for goals. They need to help him by signing another goal threat if they want to succeed. Amadou Baji is in the Gambia and believes Arsenal are destined for great things. Well, to be candid, says Amadou, we can expect something positive from Arsenal this coming season. After a massive display before the end of the season, beating Manchester City and United, Liverpool twice and Chelsea in the FA Cup final, this is incredible. With some good signings now added to the squad, it will help the team to fight for a Champions League spot. And finally, here's Philip Kano in the United States. Well, what I'm seeing right now, says Philip, is the board and the coach trying hard to build the team. I can see they're bringing in new players to upgrade the team. I see Mikel Ateta is doing great for the team and likewise their technical director, Edu. Now they've won the FA Cup and the Community Shield. It's going to be great for them ahead of the 2020-21 season. So Steve, there's an overwhelming sense from our correspondents this week that Arsenal could have a very good season ahead of them. And even fans of other teams are saying that. So it will be interesting to watch their progress and how much their fortunes depend on whether Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang signs a new contract or not. Uh, yeah, sure. That's going to be really important, isn't it, uh, for Arsenal to get Aubameyang to uh, sign that contract. Uh, looks as though it probably will happen. Thanks, Yvonne. That's Yvonne Mangunda. Thanks to everyone who got in touch with us and uh, a lot of hopeful and optimistic-sounding Gunners fans. Uh, so the new season kicking off this weekend after the shortest break ever in the English Premier League. Our European football expert Stuart Weir joins us from the UK. Uh, Stuart, what can we expect this weekend and this season? Nothing in 2020 is ever straightforward. Mid-September is, of course, a month later than normal for the Premier League season to begin. And the reason is, of course, that last season finished several months later than usual. And the new season begins with only 16 of the 20 clubs having a game. Manchester United and Manchester City are given a free weekend following their involvement in the Champions League and Europa League tournaments so that all clubs will have a minimum 30-day break between the two seasons. While this is sensible in theory, the consequences are simply that extra midweek fixtures will have to be fitted in. The eight games scheduled are in six time slots over the weekend, so depending on TV coverage in your country, it would be possible to watch six live games over the weekend, or all eight, if, like me, you sometimes watch one on the computer and one on a television. As we approach the new season, there are all the usual questions. Whether Liverpool and Manchester City's dominance will continue, whether, say, Manchester United or Chelsea will be able to close the gap. But in this strange season, we have all the questions about which clubs will cope best with playing in empty stadiums, whether clubs which have had a longer break through not being involved in the European tournaments will have an advantage, and so on. 
In order to spread interest across the fixture list on the opening day of the season, there are never any games between the so-called top clubs. Nevertheless, there are some interesting fixtures. Inevitably, the three promoted clubs are among the favourites for relegation. Fulham start with a London derby at home to Arsenal. Leeds United are away to Liverpool. And I'm old enough to remember when a game between Liverpool and Leeds United would without question have been the match of the day. It's great to have Leeds back in the Premier League to renew that rivalry. West Brom are at home to Leicester City in a Midlands derby. While none of those fixtures is easy, perhaps the two promoted clubs with home advantage have a chance to get their season up and running. But then Arsenal, Liverpool and Leicester City will all have ambitions at worst to be in the top four and beating a promoted club would seem essential to get their season going. Tottenham are at home to Everton in what could be called the battle of last season's underachievers, with Tottenham 6th and Everton 12th. Sheffield United at home to Wolves, that was 7th against 9th in last year's table, and while both clubs should be proud of their achievement last season, there may also be a tinge of disappointment because both Wolves and Sheffield United hovered just below the Champions League places for much of the season. Brighton at home to Chelsea is an intriguing fixture. Chelsea have been really busy in the transfer market adding at least five top players to their squad and so in a way it wouldn't be a surprise to see them winning comfortably. On the other hand, Brighton are one of those clubs which can be very hard to beat at the Amex. So 3-0 to Chelsea, or 2-1 to Brighton, for me, look equally possible. Then there's Crystal Palace at home to Southampton, West Ham at home to Newcastle. Well, you can't really talk about relegation on the first day of the season, but I can't help thinking that the major aim for those four clubs is ensuring that they preserve their Premier League status. The two postponed games, incidentally, are Burnley at home to Manchester United and Manchester City against Aston Villa. This is the moment when I say something that can easily come home to bite me as the season progresses, but I will tip Manchester City to be champions, with Liverpool second, but the gap between them and between the third and fourth a lot less than last season. Finally, Steve, you know how I like the quirky. In the week of the semi-finals and final of the 2020 Champions League, we were already playing the first round of the 2021 Champions League competition. No wonder they say the football season is never-ending. And then what about the EFL Cup? That's a knockout cup for the lower divisions. Portsmouth and Salford City qualified for the 2020 final, but the game could not be played because of covid However, as more than 50,000 tickets had been sold, rather than refund the money, the Football League decided to postpone the final. So, 2021, you could see two finals of the EFL Cup, the 2020 final and the 2021 final. You couldn't make it up. Yes, so the EFL trophy, different from the EFL Cup, which Manchester City won last season. Uh, So two finals of the EFL trophy this season. And meanwhile, the EFL Cup is already underway too. Thanks a lot, Stuart. Well, on social media this week, asking what are you expecting for the new English Premier League season? Stuart, bold enough to predict that Manchester City will take it, Liverpool to finish second, and a smaller gap to the third-place team this time. 
So, what do you think the race will be like this season? Will Liverpool maybe run away with it again? Can Manchester City get it right this time? What about the Champions League places? And indeed, will those gaps in the top four be smaller this time? You can go to our Facebook page, that's Planet Sport Football Africa, and post a comment there. Or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. What are you expecting for the new English Premier League season? And、uh, looking at the fixtures, it's Fulham against Arsenal in the very first game of the brand new season. That's Saturday's early kickoff. It's a London derby. Then Crystal Palace take on Southampton, followed by Liverpool, the champions against Leeds. Marcelo Bielsa confirming that he'll stay on as the Leeds manager after winning promotion with them. On Sunday, West Brom play Leicester. Tottenham take on Everton. Must say, Everton shaping up very well with their transfers. A manager Carlo Ancelotti signing Hammer. Is Rodriguez from Real Madrid. On Monday there are two games: Sheffield United taking on Wolves and Brighton play Chelsea. As Stewart says, the Blues looking really good. Manager Frank Lampard extremely positive ahead of the new season.、Uh, their signings include the exciting Moroccan Hakim Ziyech from Ajax,、uh, the Germans Timo Werner and Kai Havertz,、uh, England defender Ben Chilwell、uh, moving from Leicester, and the Brazilian Thiago Silva, who was the Paris Saint-Germain captain. In. Uh, the Spanish La Liga also starts this weekend. Although Real Madrid, Barcelona, and Atletico Madrid not in action because they're still resting from the Champions League, and in Italy the Serie A kicks off next weekend. That's on the 19th. Well, that's it for the show for this week. So from me, Steve Vickers, and Yvonne Mangunda in Harare, from Ida Wairinga in Nairobi, and Stuart Weir in the UK. Thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.